All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Amy Porterfield. Online marketing expert, Amy Porterfield. She is very, very good. An incredible teacher. And the host of the top-ranked podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. Amy Porterfield. Pushed me, she motivated me. There is something about Amy's community that is extra special. Amy encouraged me to think bigger. And she truly has the biggest heart. Girl, shake it off. You are going to be a success. I want to say it one more time. Crash and burns are the catalyst for the most powerful lessons that will catapult you into achieving those big, bold goals that you set for yourself this year. I've watched you behind the scenes jump right in, and I've also watched you exceed even your own expectations of what they could be. My message today for you is that digital courses can literally change your business and your life. I have a multi-million dollar business with two courses, a few live launches a year, and one course on Evergreen. 95% of my revenue comes from my digital courses. to be as big as you want to be. I'm a big deal. We are all big deals. First of all, I have to start from a place of amazing gratitude because Amy, finding you has transformed my life. I now believe that I am meant to be a big deal in this world. It took me a long time and if you could get there faster than me, I really hope you do because you show up differently. You sound different. You say things that are very different than you would have when you were playing small and your whole life can change if you step into it. Because after all, you are a freaking big deal. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 15 years. And we have four kids. That's like a thousand kids. We've been foster parents to four kids as well. And we're running a business together. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. Um, have you ever worn flat shoes on a stage? Never in my life. life. My influence is affecting you. And I'm I here knew for it. it. I thought if I wear heels, she's going to kill I am. Me. I will beat you up. <laughs> Uh, so Amy is one of my best friends. I have this incredible privilege to, um, so many of the people that you see on my stage or who are working in the back room are just friends that I've had for a long time. And, uh, Amy and I had a trip and we had a really interesting conversation on this trip and I challenged her (laughs) in like 17 different, I was like, that's a book, that's a podcast, it's a conversation we have to have. And I asked her if she would come and sit with me in front of you all and have this conversation in front of you all. And um, 
I want you to honor and hold space for her because it's very vulnerable for her. Um, it, we, we really want to show that real so that you have some concept of what she's been able to do professionally. And the conversation today is about personal stuff, which um, you don't normally share. No. So this is a huge deal, yes. and I'm so grateful that you're willing to do it. Thank you. And the intention behind this is so that you can um, see a narrative that I have seen play out over the last couple of years, I've had the honor and the privilege to interact with so many women, incredible powerhouse women, women who are successful personally, professionally, financially. They have these lives. They have these Or everybody would say, my gosh, like that's it. Right. But behind the scenes, so many of these same women feel like they're not succeeding because of their health. Yes. So will you, talk, will you take us on your health journey? Will you talk about where, like, tell us where it started. Go back as far as you're willing to go back. Okay, so I'll go back as far as when I was eight years old and I was in a Weight Watchers meeting. So that's what my very first memories of how I felt about my body were in a Weight Watchers meeting. My mom had always struggled with her weight and so I just struggled with my weight right alongside her as a really little girl. And so from then, I literally have been dieting since that age. And so I went, I was, I was never a big, big girl. I was always just bigger than the rest of the kids in school. So I thought I was fat. Mm -hmm. I was taller, curvier, just a bigger girl in general. And so I went through all of grade school thinking I was overweight, thinking I was fat. There's never been a time in my life that I've been in a bathing suit that that felt normal. And there have been very few baby, bathing suit moments. And I went through high school that way, always bigger, always dieting, always hiding, hiding, hiding. I think I spent most of my life hiding my body mm -hmm. behind clothes, behind events, behind not doing things. And I went all through high school that way, still dieted, college, all of that. It wasn't until, and guys, I'm 43 years old, it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that I said, this ain't working. Yeah. So I'm curious, anyone feel like they have similar experiences being put on a diet really young, struggling with it throughout childhood, right? So this is a narrative that plays out pretty often. And so tell me about the last year and a half. So what happened was, I, so I've had this business I have for about 11 years, and when you are in online marketing, you gotta make videos, and you have to take pictures. You'd be hard-pressed to go back a year and a half, bef anything before that, to find any full-length picture of me ever. I used the same photo in everything. So anyone that keeps using the same photo that's like five years old, I get that. And any video, it was always boobs up. I always said to anyone taking a photo of me, boobs up, video, boobs up. And so with that, oops, with that, I realized that um, I was playing small. And I was in a partnership and I, it was with a guy, and he was kind of behind the scenes. A professional partnership. Yeah, professional partnership. He was behind the scenes, and I realized I wanted to get out of the partnership. But if I got out of the partnership, that meant I had to show up in my business in a bigger way, and I was so tired of playing small. And I saw all my friends doing big things and making big things happen. And I knew that I was playing the smallest game ever. And I got to the point that it felt so heavy that I didn't want to do that anymore. But funny enough, I had had some success in my business. Mm -hmm. But in my head, I, Grace had said it. And I, I heard myself and Grace. In my head, I thought, I cannot be successful 
this overweight, so I, I can't do it. The amount of times that I have spoken, you know, I've spoken so much in the last 18 months, the amount of times that I have stood in a room full of entrepreneurs, business people, and said, what's your version of enough, of not enough? Thinking that they're going to say, I'm not smart enough, I'm not connected enough, I'm not, I don't have the right resources. The amount of times I've asked that question and a room full of female entrepreneurs will say, I am not thin enough. What the hell does thin have to do with being successful in business? It felt like it had everything. So, so then what, okay. what did that make you So feel? I believed in my business that if I, so I am about 65 pounds less than I was about a year and a half ago, and I'm still on this journey. Still, thank you. Thank you. And at 65 pounds ago, I believed that people wouldn't buy from me if I was overweight. They would look at me in video and they'd say, something's wrong with her. She's overweight. She's fat. And obviously she's weaker if she can't get the weight off. She's not sexy at that weight. Like something's wrong with her. And I thought they weren't going to buy from me. And I was so afraid that I wouldn't be able to create a business because I was heavy. And the thing is, like, who admits, like, people don't talk about this, and yet most of us are thinking it. We're like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I did this thing, and I did that thing, and I achieved this, like, but I'm still a piece of garbage because I'm not a size zero. Yes. Like, that is the narrative that is playing in the back of our head. And so we went on this trip, right? (laughs) She's been on this health journey, and she has done it in such a healthy way, Mm -hmm. got a nutritionist, really encountered it in a beautiful, healthy way. Um, And then tell us where you are now and sort of what that's prompting in you. Okay, so what happened was we were driving um, and together on this little trip we took, and I was telling her, I'm so glad I've been able to get the weight off, and and I've done all this work. Um, But one thing I said when we were driving is, I still care deeply what people think of me. Mm -hmm. And I still care deeply about how I look and how I show up. And I knew there was still some work to be done because I want to get to a place that I don't care what anybody thinks about how I look. I don't care if they think I'm fat or thin or sexy or not. I genuinely want to stand in how I feel and how I think. And I know I'm on the journey to get there. I've done so much work over the last year or so, but that is a place that I feel like I'd be unstoppable. One of the things that you say as your friend Mm -hmm. that I hate. I'm not going to like this. Is you always say, you do, you always say, I'm not at my goal weight. I was going to tell all of you, but I'm not at my goal weight. I feel like I need to say that. what the hell is a goal weight? Like, what is that going to, how are you going to be a different person at a goal? Like, how, it's not going to change you. And you're still going to be insecure about how you look because there's always another mountain. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, and when we talked about that, that was the first time I thought about that, like, holy cow. Like, what, how am I going to be at that goal weight different than how I am sitting here right now with you? Yeah. And I don't have to be any different. Yes. And I think that's the journey that I, I definitely am still on. Yeah, it's like, how do you get from that place of thinking, 
if, and, and so many women do this, right? We think, if I could do this, then I will be happy. That's what she said. If I could be yeah. cute in a bathing suit, then I would have more friends or people would like me. Right. If then, if then. And the reality is it's geography, meaning like it's going to be you yeah. with all your baggage and all your crap and all of this voice in your head because you're not dealing with that. In a diff- yeah, the geography is going to change. You're going to be in a different state of life. Maybe the body's going to be physically different. But you're not fixing what the real stuff is. That's the thing. So what I've had to do over this journey is, you and I have talked about, I have to show up differently. And over the last year and a half, so it was funny, I, I, I'm really into my business, so a lot of how I think is business-minded. And I went to this woman to help me with some marketing uh, copy. And her job is to whittle your whole existence down into one word. So I spent thousands of dollars over two days. Yeah. And she does all this interviewing with you, and she talks about your business and your likes and your loves and insecurities, and you whittle it down. And when you leave her office, you have one word. And I'm like so excited for this, okay? Yeah. So, so I get in there and we spend these two days. It's grueling. They're, I'm crying and I'm working through stuff and I'm so excited to get my word. And I'm thinking like empowered, influence, uh, like these great words, right? Achiever. And she takes out a piece of paper and she's like, okay, so your word? And she puts it on the table and it's big. The word is big. But she didn't And I said, it. fuck no, the word's not big. <laughs> No, 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 no. She meant like personality, capability. She meant everything. And in the moment, like not me, she didn't mean she, me, but you, I don't like you that word. It. Your, your camera angle's off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You were looking at this. Word. I looked at the word and I'm like, no. And my whole life, but here's the big realization I looked at that word and I looked at her like, I'd like my money back now. Like, no. And I looked at her and I said, no, my word's not big. My whole life I've been trying to be smaller. I don't want to be big in this world. Physically big. I don't want to take up too, sm- too much space. Like, my word cannot be big. I don't want that. And she said, and that is why your word is big. You have to accept that. Mm. And I left there completely mad at her and not <laughs> wanting that word. And over, this is what was crazy, over the course of like six months, I I thought, well, what else does that word mean? And it really did mean taking up space in a bigger way, having a bigger voice, getting on video and doing my thing in a big way, no matter what, no matter what anyone said, no matter what anyone thought, no matter even what I thought of myself, I had to show up in a bigger way. And that was over a year ago. And as you know, 2019 was like, a groundbreaking year for me in a million ways. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's because I accepted that I will be big in this world. Not physically, but when you you always try to lose weight, you always want to be small. Like, we're focused on being small. And so I figured out... I don't want to be small in every which way. And this body, even to be in front of all of you at the weight I am and how I look, this is a big deal to me. There's that word again. It keeps coming out. It's a big deal because even this morning, I I took a picture before I came on, and I'm like, whoa, those thighs are kicking it today. And then I was like, and hello, there they are. Yeah, do do you, when you have a thought like that, do you do something to change Now I do, yes. So now the old me would have wallowed in that, and the new me is like, 
I am here. I am taking up space. I am doing this. And I also know, remember the woman that just came on that said her superpower, Jane, her, her superpower is this thing that she's working through. I do believe if I get up here and, and talk to one woman in this audience that is not doing her thing because she is not at her goal weight, and I'm up here saying, I'm not at my goal weight either, and I'm doing my thing. And I'm up here saying, fuck a goal weight. <laughs> I, that, that's a hard one. Sorry, young ladies. <laughs> sorry, but geez Louise, what are we doing? Okay, so let's talk about this for a yes. second. Because, because you also, uh, Rachel's such a great friend to have because she pushes me a lot, and I love it. But she also th- loves you. and She loves me dearly. <laughs> but there is something about reaching a goal. And like, I want to prove to myself that I can do that through discipline and new habits and morning rituals because I eat my feelings. That's another thing I forgot to tell you. I'm an emotional eater. I, one time I talked about my weight on my podcast. It was a nine minute episode. Usually they're an hour. Well, nine minute episode. I talked about my weight and I talked about how I went through something really hard in my business and my son had a birthday party the night before and I made him all these cupcakes. And so we had the birthday party. There was tons of cupcakes left over. I had a hard day the next day when he was at school and I ate every cupcake. The embarrassing part was, and this part I can never get through without wanting to cry, he came home and asked where the cupcakes were. And I had eaten every single one of them. I eat my feelings like there's no other, or at least I used to. So why then isn't the goal to tackle that? Okay, this is where I think we're getting into something. (laughs) Because I'm like, the goal is that number, that number, that number. But you and I have talked about the goal can be to not eat my feelings anymore, yes. to have my morning rituals, yes. to move my body 30 yes. minutes a day. Have so, healthy coping mechanisms. Yes. Or better yet, backtrack even more to your root cause. What is prompting you to want to get to that state in the first place? To want to get to... Like why are you getting... What is, it, what is the feeling that you're having that is making you go bingy? Yes, and it's this feeling of anxiety. For me, it's not knowing the answer, and so I can't live in that. Where I'm starting to learn... If I don't have all the answers, I'm just going to sit with that. Every day doesn't have to feel great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can sit with the discomfort, the unknowing, the anxiety, and move through it. There is also, I was talking about earlier, this idea of um, anxiety is a fight or flight response in your nervous system. And if you will actually go do something physical, it's a way to trick your nervous system. Like, oh, she's, she's... fleeing like she's doing the thing that I want her to do truly the next time that you're having where you're like ah go do physical activity go do something that gets your heart rate up and and sends you because it really does help trick your body and like oh okay okay she did it she ran away from the tiger we're fine yes (laughs) she ran away from the tiger but I want to get back to the idea of the goal weight yes not done here because you're (laughs) real you're going to give them an a plus answer instead of like un Really, I like dig yeah, in. I had to tell you guys, she wouldn't tell me kind of what we were all going into here. Yeah. So I feel very uncertain. Because I right know now. you, and you would have practiced, you would have written your answers and practiced them and like true. figured it out. And it's I want, true. like, this is so beautiful. Just real quick, you've done one episode on your weight. What do you, uh, and how many episodes about online marketing? Just has a guess. 300. Great. <laughs> what um, was like one of the most popular episodes you've ever done? Uh, that one. That is the one. Because when we yeah. have the courage to talk about the stuff that nobody talks about, that's when people are like, oh, my God. 
Thank God somebody else said it. Be real right now. Who is not pursuing something in their life that they wish that they could do because they don't think that they look right for it? Mm. So many women in this room. So many women in this room. And so the question is, look, if you were like, I am really, I, you know, I want to feel better in my body. I want to have greater physicality. I want to, you know, stretch. I want to, whatever. Or I want, I have inflammation, and so I want to make sure that I'm eating greens and whatever. Yeah. That's not what you're saying. No, no, no. I really want to hit my goal weight. I know. I got it. We got it. I'll convince you by the end of this that the goal weight is a thing. (laughs) But... No, no, guys, it, like we're laughing. It's, this is the problem. You really believe on some level, like how many more pounds is it? 50. Yeah. <laughs> I would like that. And now we all, now they all know the level of crazy I get to deal with. <laughs> you, but, you believe on some level, you believe that life would be better 50 pounds lighter. You're right. And here's the thing. That's not getting me anywhere where I need to go. I've been struggling to get to my goal weight my whole life. Mm-hmm. How's that working for me? So I'm, I'm hearing you, and yeah. I want to really get behind this because I know chasing a number versus actually living healthy habits and doing those things, that's a Would different kind of life. Would actually get you, remember we talked about this earlier today, you're going to get to the same destination. You're just going to do it from a place of love instead of a place of shame. And that, it, that literally will change my world. Absolutely. So I, I, hope, I hope that you all know that I believe this. It's just really hard for of me course. to get behind. Since eight years old, being of a Weight course. Watchers, all I know is get to my goal weight, get to my goal weight. And life is going to be exactly how I want it to be. Although I don't, I realize that's not true. That's yeah. what's in my head all the time. So my challenge to Amy when we were on this trip is... What if the goal isn't a number? What if the goal, and this is hard work, what if the goal is can you love yourself right now as you are if nothing ever changes? Because if you can't love yourself as is, you can't love yourself as something else. It's so true. Like you're ne- it's never, it will never be enough. And because you, maybe you do get to the place where you, but you still have all this crap, which means you're going to backslide or yes. something, and then you're going to feel more shame, and then it's going to spiral. Like, it, when it becomes a thing that's about your weight, it, you're chasing the wrong goal. And so the, the challenge is, what does it look like to love yourself as you are? And I remember sitting at dinner with you, and you were like, oh, <laughs> no, What? <laughs> Where would I even start? And I'm like, that's the journey. That is the journey. And that is a journey I am willing to get on one million percent. The what? Well, thank you. So to me, this looks like you unpack the different areas of your life where this affects you. Yes. So you say to yourself, I believe that these things would be made better if I was at my goal weight. And that's like my business, my, my relationship, life, yeah. my this, my blah, whatever yeah. it looks like, right? My confidence, my, and then you, and then we dig into like, well, why? Why do I think, so, so let's start with business because that's the okay. easy one. Yeah. Why do you think, like straight talk, like why is it going to be better? So this one I could talk about all day and I won't because I feel like I'm living it. Uh, when 
I get on video and I'm not hesitant and I just speak from the heart and when I do photo shoots and I let just all the photos get out there and when I just show up in a bigger way I know I'm showing up for my audience making it about them not about me that one I feel like I've been working on the most and I part of the problem is it's like you get tricked because losing the weight gave you confidence yes and the confidence is actually what made you successful not the weight but you associate it with the wrong thing Yes. So she's like, oh, yes. oh, I, I went on this journey and I lost this weight and then I had the most successful year I've ever had. But mm -hmm. really it was just, it was your mindset, My mind. not your body. I was a di I have, I am a different person now that I work with a weight loss coach and I, I have habits and I have morning rituals and I work out and I move my body. I could do that 60 pounds ago, and I started seeing this confidence come very early on in the weight loss. It didn't happen yesterday, so 100%. Well, because I think you're making traction, right? Yes. So it's like there's something happens, even if you go on some let's, – let's, let's talk about a health journey, which is in the way that we normally would talk about, which is how many pounds have you lost. That's what most of us yes. are taught to equate. And if you've ever gone on any kind of journey like that and you lose even like three pounds, you're like – I'm doing it. Hallelujah. I'm doing it. Yeah. And, and the idea of I'm doing it, even if you like get sick, you ever got sick and you lost like three pounds and the you were like, flu I'm the best. Oh my word, I'm doing it. Yes. Right? And so the, the act of having any kind of traction is what starts to build the confidence. Yes. And then if you continue to have traction, that confidence becomes unstoppable. 100%. Yes. But then you. Forgive me if I'm tell like if this is wrong, but you got to a place where it started to plateau, mm -hmm. and then that started to mess with your head. And yes, I've been in a plateau for a while, and I've seen it kind of mess with my head, which is total proof of what you're saying in the sense of when I make it about the weight and the weight is not coming off, now I feel shaky and like, oh, what am I doing wrong or whatever. However, if I made it about the things we've talked about, those can happen every day no matter what the scale says. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think part of it too is like, there's there's not a lot of stuff that we can control in our lives. Right. You're you're an achiever. Yeah. I'm an achiever. You have all the things you want to do in the business. You don't know though. You don't know day to day what's right. going to happen. And so, that is something that you can, if you're you know doing all the good girl things that you're supposed to do, and you're checking all the boxes, you can actually see, oh, I, oh, look at me. I have results. Right. Right. Like, I'm I'm achieving. I love that. I love to check off a box. Yeah. Yes. So. Tell me what this looks like now. You're, we're, we're having this conversation. Yes. You know the mindset isn't right. Like what I said to Amy was, you know, Jane said this earlier, like what, you know, our stories are our, our superpower. superpower. Yeah. You know, the world needs you exactly as you are. And the challenge that I have to Amy all the time is she's like, well, you know, if I was at my goal weight, then I would be more confident on stage. And I'm like, how many women who look exactly like you, need, they, they need to see you. They need to see you loving yourself. They need to see you showing up. They need, because they're over there hiding in a corner, hiding their body, so afraid. And you're sh like, what did Lizzo do for the world, guys? Right? It's so true. And that reminds me. So one of the changes I made was, and this is so silly and simple, but I had to clean up my feed, my news feed, yes, with Facebook and Instagram. So good. I, if you look at it now, you see women of this beauties that are all these different shapes and sizes yes. and owning it. Yes. And when I look at that and I see these women owning their bodies, I think, 
what if I own my body so that all of you could see I'm doing it, yeah. maybe you want to do it too. Yeah. So that was a huge shift That is me. a huge thing. Yeah. I did probably about two months ago, I went on to my Instagram and I unfollowed 600 and something people because I started in lifestyle like I started as a blogger years ago and so I just ended up following all of these women who were lifestyle bloggers and I'm sure like beautiful incredible great women but every time I would see a picture of them even if it was not an immediate conscious thought I was basically I'm like that's what a beautiful body is supposed to look right. like. Just all day I'm scrolling through and my brain is saying beauty, 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 beauty. I'm not seeing, whip, like, honestly what I, I don't follow. I, I think it was like a Kardashian. Like, you know when you go on Instagram and there's like the little, um, the spyglass, right? You can discover. And I clicked on it and there was a Kardashian. I was like, whoa, look at that body. Wow, that's a thing. <laughs> and then um, Huda, does anyone follow Huda Katan? Oh, Live your life, Good one. girls. Good one. H-U-D-A on Instagram. She has like 15 million followers. She's a makeup chick. Um, but she's Middle Eastern, and she has this beautiful, voluptuous yeah. body. Like, <laughs> like whoa. <laughs> and she has a sister, Mona, and Mona has this beautiful body. And these women are gorgeous. And every time they go out, they're just like, bam, 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 like bam. Like, owning it. But, like, but, but sex symbols like the, in a way that I never saw growing up I never saw full-figured women being like here I am and I am freaking beautiful and let me show up and not like oh I am a full-figured woman but like I'm a woman here it is this is what it is and I saw that I saw a picture of them at something in these dresses and they just look so gorgeous and I thought why isn't that in my feed why isn't that instead of like the beautiful you know you know what you know who yes. I'm talking about, right? You all have a someone in your head right now that you're like, it's she's you know six feet tall, like tall girl, small girl. The other day, and she's perfect, and she's in my head. The image is usually like a beautiful blonde. It's like Giselle. There's abs. There's a butt, right? And I'm that's what I'm seeing, and yep. I'm thinking, Does there's it, something wrong, right? right? There's and nothing then, good that comes of that. And the reality is, it's just because I don't have an example. Yes. Regularly in my head, filling my head up with someone who has a body that looks like a woman's body. That looks like a woman's body. And so the challenge that I have to you yes. that we talked about that day is can you fight to love yourself as you are? And the answer, and I've given lots of thought to this, is of course yes. But that also means, and why I know we came up here and we wanted to talk about this and share this, is I do have to give up, like, never, ever again saying, when I get to my goal weight. Yes. Like, that is a huge shift yeah. that I've never experienced. So what are you replacing it with? So what am I... So I don't want it to be when I get anywhere. Yeah. So I, ooh, yeah, that's really important. I want to be here our right now. Yes. So I want to be here. I want to own it right now. So I'd want to replace it with I do these things. I, I move my body 30 minutes a day. I drink the stupid water. Yep. You know, I, I plan the meals. I do these things every day, no matter what. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about relationships, yeah. and, and you know my husband, Hobie. And Hobie, I'm very lucky I have a husband that no matter what weight I am, he thinks I'm the sexiest thing in the world. However, I mean, very lucky, right? But however, 
I don't, when, when I get in my head about my weight, I don't think I'm the sexiest thing. And what really ruins our sex life, our intimacy, our relationship, is when I don't want to be intimate because I'm afraid of how I look. And no matter what he thinks of me or not, that yeah. is, that is a relationship crusher Absolutely. in so many ways. Absolutely. Right? Anyone ever struggle with not wanting... Thank yeah, God. Right? I was like, please tell me I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm talking about my sex life up no. here. No. Yeah. So, this is super normal for you. You do this all the time. I know. I do She's like to like talk about wedding right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So this, what, I hope he's going to die. So yeah. anyway, I do think I need that. that I, I saw it show up in my relationship for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And I realized I've got this man who loves me no matter what. I don't love myself no matter what. And it's affecting us yeah. in so many different ways. And that's when it gets scary, when it starts to affect the relationships. Can I ask an interesting question? I never thought this before, but... Do you ever think, so um, Amy's husband is former Navy SEAL, Mm -hmm. which, how badass, right? Very sexy. And now is a fireman. I mean, come on. (laughs) Like, stop. And so I just, I have this thought, which is like, you know, Hobie is such a definition of like a man. Yes. Like masculine man. I hope we're recording this. I mean, please play this for him later. He's going to be so happy. He's going to be happy. You're right, though. Do you feel like on, on some level, is there some sub, subconscious play, like he's the man, then I have to be like the woman? A million percent. Wow. And I always, like the man is the bigger one. You guys, at one point I weighed more than my husband. Like that was a hard thing in my head. Yeah. And again, he never treated me any different, but I knew that number and I was like mortified by it. So I showed up smaller and I acted smaller in the sense of I just didn't playful out with him. And so, yes, I look at him as the man, I have to be the woman. And to me in my head, all these years, it's like, but she's smaller. She's, she's little, she's sexier, she's quieter, she's whatever. Do you ever think about what are the things that you do in your daily life because you feel like that's what, like, the sexy, pretty girl is supposed to do? Do, Is there things that I do? Yeah. I'm sure. Such as, like, dress a certain way or act a certain way? Yeah. Yeah. That maybe you wouldn't naturally gravitate to or, like, so what I'm thinking of right now is our example that we always give you crap about (laughs) is um, your heels on stage. Oh, yeah. So um, Amy wears these, like... (laughs) <laughs> Nine-inch stilettos to do an hour keynote. Yeah, that's insanity. And that's I'm always so afraid I'm gonna fall. And well, worthwhile <laughs> fear. Yes, yes. Why do you wear the shoes? So I wear the shoes because I think I look sexier in heels than I do in flats. And I wear them because they, it feels more feminine than these shoes this is why I have I'm so on. So right glad now. that you are becoming friends with my lesbians. I this, know. So this what's is so funny? Your life. This is so great. After I was on stage, Beans sent me a pair of Vans sneakers yes. in the mail, and she's like, "Lesbians, no comfort." Yeah. So I do have them. But yeah, I have these preconceived notions in my head of what it means to be a woman. And, and here's something that I've never admitted. But because I'm a bigger girl, because I've struggled with my weight, I feel like I have to overcompensate in other areas. I've got to buy the expensive clothes to look good on stage, the expensive shoes. I've got to have my hair a certain way because I'm overweight. So I better do all these other things to make up for that. And that's very exhausting. Yes. Yes, very yes. exhausting. So I, I was speaking at this event a few months ago, and uh, there was a woman on before me, 
and um, I won't say her name. There's a woman on before me, and she's you know sort of doing the same, really beautiful and great she's body. A big shot, big, big deal, big deal. And she's got these high high heels on. And we're backstage, and we had to all the speakers had to go from one place to another. So you're walking, right? And she's walking, and she's like. You know, on stage, she looks like statuesque and beautiful, and then she gets backstage, and she's like a newborn giraffe. Like, she's like, <laughs> right? And she's acting like that because she's in pain. Because don't, don't lie. You know if you just gave an hour keynote in stilettos, I don't care who you are or what you say. It's, it's not comfortable for your body. So she's backstage, and she's in pain, and her assistant runs over with a pair of Converse. And these aren't just like out-of-the-box Converse. These are you can tell her favorite shoes. They are beat up to hell. They are all worn down. And she pulls off the shoes, and she's like immediately like, oh, thank God. And she puts on her sneakers, and just like her whole, everything about her changes because she's comfortable, and she's like, oh, those shoes. And she looks down at my feet. And I'm wearing sneakers. I only wear sneakers on stage. And she's like, oh, my gosh. That, wow, you wear sneakers on, on stage. And I'm like, yeah, I've discovered that I'm just as successful in flat shoes <laughs> as I am in tall ones. So good. Crazy. Crazy how that so works. Crazy. Yes. Do you feel like, because you talk about this a lot, we've never talked about this like behind the scenes, so don't punch me later for asking you questions on stage. <laughs> but you talk a lot about being sexy. Do you feel like that's one of the things that you feel like you have to be like, oh, like you were saying, like you have to buy nicer clothes or, you have, or do you mm. feel like that's just sort of innately who you are? Mm. No, I think there's something in my head that thinks I have to be that way. When I'm in a pro predominantly male industry, up until years ago, there weren't many women at all. And so I always noticed that that a little bit of that sex appeal, I think, went a long way to stand out from all the men. Mm -hmm. And not that it's good. I'm not saying this was a good idea, but I think that's how I came up in the ranks. And so, yeah, it comes up again. And I don't want it. I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel like I have to be sexy mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I think that comes back to compensating for the weight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I would also worry that sexy becomes almost like a... An, an, something you put on. Yes. Like sexy is, is sort of turning yourself into sexy. Versus who you are. When true being sexy is truly who are you, like when you're naked, like who are you at your core, which also then plays into this idea that intimacy becomes a problem when you're not feeling sexy. Yes. Because sexy is something that I Outside. put on. It's yeah. not an inside thing. It's so true. You know, I never realized how much I compensated because, well, I'm a bigger girl. Well, I'm overweight. So I'm going to compensate in all these other areas. I think that's something I could really explore and start to look at so that I, do, I don't want to compensate yeah. for any of it. I just want to be who I am right now, right this second. Do you so, feel like that compensation is on some level apologizing? Yes. That's the, compensation is a very nice word for saying I'm apologizing for taking up this much space. And <laughs> I have a book for you. Um, yes. I might, I might have read it once or twice. Where, where do you so. think, like, but where do you think that comes from? And usually for most of us, it comes from our childhood 
where does this, and we talked to um, earlier, we talked to Samantha about this idea of perfection from her mom. So where do you think this comes Mine, from? I mean, I don't even have to think. Mine comes from my dad. Yeah. I, I, my dad was, was rough on my mom for her weight, and I saw that all my life. And so I felt bad. I felt like I was bad for being overweight, and, and I still struggle with some of those and work through those. But I know, I know exactly where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. What has been, what are other things in your life that have been the biggest catalyst for change? Because it's like if you need a catalyst for a mindset shift, like as this powerhouse woman that I know you to be, like walking through what you walk through and getting out of the partnership, all of that stuff, the idea that you are still letting a man, Hmm. and a man who was in the wrong, he was doing something wrong, Hmm. even if you love him, even if he's your daddy, whatever, you're letting the opinion of a man still control the way you feel about yourself as a woman 40 years later. Right. And so, what's your question? So, <laughs> that is a fact. Moving what, on. What I'm, what I'm asking you is, what is another time in your life, and maybe, maybe it's just something to think about, and maybe for all of you, what's another time in your life where you have made drastic change, and what kind of catalyst was necessary for that? So, Got like, it. Dave, like, for instance, I, the greatest catalyst for change in my life is when I get a new vision. I can see where I want to go. I see the what. One of the greatest catalysts for Dave to make change is he imagines worst-case scenario. Okay. He imagines, bless, he imagines, but there's, there's both kinds of people in this room that you need to imagine it all goes to hell, my family hates me, I'm an alcoholic, like you go to the worst possible place, yeah. and that's how you motivate yourself. So if you can think of, and you don't have to answer no, this, but if I you think can I know. think of, okay. I think for me, it is looking forward, knowing there is so much I want to do, that looking, casting that vision, there's so much I want to do, so many things I want to try in this world, and I really want it bad. And I know that I don't want to struggle to get there. I know I don't want to worry about what my thighs look like every day to do big things in this world. That sounds so stupid even coming out of my but mouth, it's but real. it's so it's real. It's so freaking it real. You really are not is. the only one who's Thank sitting God. here thinking that stupid thing. It's so ridiculous. I, I don't know one man that thinks that. Maybe some. Right. Well, let's not even go there. Yeah, so, we don't have enough time. Yeah, we don't have enough time for that. But I know I want some big things in my life. And so I want it so bad that I'm willing to get uncomfortable enough to kind of figure out some of these things that are keeping me there. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, really. I, yeah, give it up. I'm here for it. I wanted to have this conversation with Amy because I knew that there were many women in this room who are feeling some version of the same thing, and I wanted you to hear a story. I also hoped that some of you, maybe who knew her before, would be like, wait, you? You, you freaking queen, you beautiful, (laughs) successful hero of mine, you, you don't like your body? Like, I, I, I wanted you to get, like, it's not... Because there are those of you who, there are women in this room who are thinking, if I could just be at Amy Porterfield's level, then I'll be happy. Owning your present is understanding that if you can't be happy today, you can't be happy tomorrow. Straight up. So I wanted you to hear Amy talk about this, but also what I hope that we did for you today is model some behavior. Not all of you have been given examples of strong female friendships or what it is to trust another woman. And what it looks like to sit down with your friend and 
hey, what's up with you? And not talk about surface level things. I mean, we do for a minute. We go real deep real fast. Real fast. We're like, what's going, what's going right? What's going wrong? Why do you think that is? We really therapy session each other. I do this with all of my friends. And there's the, the greatest gift that happens inside of that is that someone or her, one of us, one, of, one half of the friendship is like, what the hell are you talking about? You need someone to sit with you and ask you what the hell you're talking about. Because, you know, the Bible says that which is in the darkness shall be brought into the light. If you keep it festering in the darkness, it will grow. It becomes a cancer. It makes things worse. You have to be able to talk about these things. And if you don't have a friend in your life, I, I want you to be able to have girlfriends. But if you don't, dudes are cool too. But there needs to be someone. I mean, this is the community to find it. This is the community to find someone. She doesn't have to live in your city. She doesn't have to be at the same place in her life. But you need another sister who can say, here's what's going on. Here's how I'm feeling. And you need, who is the J-Lo to your Beyonce? That's what I'm asking you today. <laughs> who is the person that hypes you up when things are going well and holds your hand when things are hard? That's the challenge. Give it up for my best friend, Amy.